millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Property. I'm Glenn James and you are... John Pigeon. So, thanks for joining us today. We're going to chat about capital gains tax. It's a big issue for many people. It is. And particularly those property investors, those who invest in other asset classes. But first, thank you to Sean Wellman and the team from Wellman Finance for getting behind My Millennial Property. Sean and the team have helped hundreds of podcast listeners get into the market for the first time refi their mortgages to a more favorable deal, be yeah. it structure, interest rate, whatever, and just help people who maybe want to get into an investment property for the first time. Yeah, rave reviews about it too. I constantly get emails saying, thanks for putting us in touch with your man. Yeah, so thank you to Wellman Finance and you can reach out to Sean and the team directly. You don't even have to go through us because it's just one less thing we have to do <laughs> to connect you. So, wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. Thank you, Welly. So, basically, John, what is capital gains tax? Yeah, so capital gains tax means you've basically made a profit on something. So, in the, in the case of property, uh, as an investment property or even your own home, We've, we can make a, a capital gain essentially means we've sold something for more than what we've bought it for, right? Now, associated costs of buying and selling aside for the moment, if we bought something for 400000 and sold it for 500000 we've made a capital gain of $100,000. So that's in layman's terms what capital gains means and the capital gains tax according to the Australian Taxation Office in Australia, means that if you've got an investment property, um, which does exclude our own home here for the minute, if you've got an investment property and you sell it, you need to pay tax on the profit that you've made on that property. And interestingly enough, when they first introduced capital gains tax, I think it was in September 1985. Good memory. <laughs> Great, every 20th, I think it was. <laughs> I've got it on the screen in front of me. Um, I think at the time there was discussions with the tax reform, whether it happened in 85 or before, they were applying, they were going to propose an estate tax yes. as opposed to capital gains tax. Mm. Now, there was so much uproar in the community that they didn't want to have an estate tax, no. so they introduced capital gains tax, which weirdly enough the government make more money from CGT yes. as opposed to if they did implement the estate tax. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a default win for them, isn't it? Totally. But um, yeah, I was eight at the time. I didn't didn't really get the uh, the idea or the concept of it until years onwards. But um, yeah, it's, it's always, I suppose around tax time, it's a bit of a debate because that's when most people have to cough it up if there is any <laughs> tax <laughs> due. Totally. So do you think it's a good thing? Well... 
When people ask me that, first and foremost, I say, well, it is a good thing because you've made a profit on something. It's better than making a loss on something. So as you know, there's, there's hundreds of taxes that are implemented around the country for various reasons and, and capital gains tax is just simply one of those. So there's obviously ways that we can we can minimise the amount of tax we pay legally. Um, so we can maybe chat about that a little bit. But yeah, I think generally it's a good thing. It means our roads are hopefully good. Our, our parks and gardens are kept nice. That's essentially why we pay tax, isn't it? Yes. Now, and I guess the reason we want to talk about capital gains tax today because there's all these questions that always come up in the Facebook group. Yeah. And there was one the other day from somebody and they said, oh, hey, we made a significant loss on a property. Mm. Can we use that loss to offset a gain down the track on, say, a share investment? So, just real simplistically... Mm. Well, unless you want to start with maybe exemptions, and I guess that could be the first exemption if you've got uh, carried forward losses. How does that work? Yeah, so first and foremost, for for property, and this applies to every other asset class, For as an example, we get a 50% exemption on something or tax exemption if we hold it for longer than 12 months, right? So if I buy a property in 2018, and I decide to sell it this year, 2020, I've held it for two years, so that automatically qualifies me for the 50% tax exemption. So if I've made a $100,000 gain through that time when I sold it, um, automatically there's 50,000 of that that I don't have to pay tax on. That's 50 grand that goes into my pocket, and then the remaining 50,000 is taxed at my tax rate according to what I'm earning for that financial year that I sell the property. Now, are there any other exemptions that we need to be aware about? Aware of? So, <laughs> aware of, aware about. <laughs> so yeah, so in the, in the example that you mentioned about the capital loss, so it's not all doom and gloom if you make a loss. It's not ideal, but it's not the end of the world. So let's... Rewind the clock and say, well, in 2015, we made a, a $50,000 loss on something. We sold something for less than what we paid for it. Can we just to make it really simplistic, mm-hmm. instead of using the word we, just use the word I? I yep. Okay, because so there's, you can only really use it if it's on your personal, personal okay, name. So, so just I, an individual made a loss. Yep. So I made a loss in 2015 of $50,000. I then bought something in 2018 and sold it in 2020 for a, what did I say, a $50,000 gain. Okay. So what I'm allowed to do now is that loss that I created in 2015, I'm allowed to carry that loss forward against the gain that I've made in 2020. Right. right. So that 50K loss is now applied to the 50K gain, right, which basically means there's no capital gains tax payable. Wow. Okay, cool. So the old thing, the old saying is that you can carry a capital loss to the grave. Yes. Now... You can't go the other way though. You can't go the other way. No. As in, you can't make a loss after you've made a gain and use it for the against the gain that you've already made. Does that make sense? No. No, it doesn't make no. sense? No. <laughs> so, so I've made a gain... And sold a property in 2015. Of 50 grand gain. Yep. Yep. And then in 2018, I made a loss. I can't go backwards 
and and apply it against the gain that I made. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's not retrospective. Correct. Yeah. Now, it's important to note um, capital gains, it is a complex world and it's – I guess it's important, John, when you are purchasing property or assets that you execute well to start with, maybe with the end in mind. And I guess what I'm saying in that regard is if we look at a property and there's two people in a relationship, mm. who's the higher income earner, who's the lower income earner, is the property going to be sold in 10 years? And yeah. if it is and it's going to, we think, increase in value, do we put it in the lower income earner's name only? Yeah. Because on the situation we talked before, if there was a $100,000 gain or a $50,000 gain and it was jointly owned 50-50, you would cut the gain down the middle. Yes. You'd also cut the loss down the middle yeah. if there was a $50,000 loss or a $100,000 loss. Yeah. So, question, and I believe the answer is yes, but can you elect to use... So, if somebody had a $50,000 capital loss in their name yes, and they did their tax return one year and it had a 50000 gain, they can choose whether or not they want to write off that gain that financial year or is it automatic? Uh, no, I believe they can. Yeah. 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 And and we're not qualified accountants sitting here. Either. And we're not qualified <laughs> tax specialists. <laughs> no. However, our experience tells us that we can have a conversation around this. But yeah, I believe they can choose what they applied against yeah. at any one time. And yeah. another thing about buying in joint names, how does the depreciation affect the capital gains if it's in one or two people's names. Yeah. So, you mentioned before about thinking long-term and thinking strategy and whose name should be put in. And and we must stress that that's super important before you've bought the asset because once you've bought it, it's too late, isn't it? Like you've, in order to change entities, you, you, you've got stamp duty implications and other associated costs. So, it's really important that you get this right before you buy the property and and the best way you get this right is to talk with your accountant who's duly qualified to to specialize in it. So one thing I, I do get a lot from people is, do I put it in the highest income earner knowing that we can claim the tax benefits along the way, but also realizing that our idea is to make a profit so that when we sell it, the highest income earner is going to get the biggest whack across the face because they're in the highest tax bracket or higher than the partner. So which way do we go about it? Now, there's no right or wrong answer to that, but generally speaking, the old saying, a bird in the hand um, is cheaper than one in the bush or something like that. (laughs) No, no, a bird in the hand is better than 10 in the bush that you haven't already got. Correct. So my thinking is, well, if you can claim against the highest income earner in the next five years, um, capital gains tax could change in 10 years' time. So maybe don't hold out for that one um, saving. And there has been chatter with, I think it was the Labor government last election. Yeah. They were talking about taking the discount from... 50% 50% down to 25%. Yes. So, which is a reduction in mm. what you can write off, basically. Yeah. Or not pay tax on. That's right. But not making it retrospect. But, so, yeah. if you already held the property, then yes. you don't doesn't apply to you. So, yeah, it is yeah. a moving beast. And mm. I guess for just to bookend the whole capital gains tax thing, a business is an asset. And if you bought a business for $100,000 and down the track you sold it for $200,000, you still have a $100,000 capital gain. Yes. And capital 
capital gains tax does apply to that gain of $100,000. However, the government have incentives and mechanisms in place to help business owners uh, either reinvest that money into another business yeah. or if they're retiring, invest it into super. Yes. Or what, so, there's a variety of things like you can use the active asset rollover relief and not pay any capital gains tax for two years and yeah. uh, the retirement exemption. So, I guess we're just talking bread and butter capital gains on one single asset at the moment in our own name. Yeah, and I think it's always on people's tongues because they actually can see it and feel it when it come tax time. Whereas if 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 we're an income earner on what ninety grand a year, we we're paying thirty seven cents in the dollar or starting to get into that bracket, we don't see that money. It just goes straight to the tax office and we just get the net amount as an employee in the country. Whereas this, it's like, well, okay, I've sold my property for a 200K profit. Now I'm going to get taxed on a hundred grand of that profit because I've held it for longer than 12 months. So I can actually see the hurt. Whereas in normal tax land, they're paying that every year anyway. Totally. I'm going to walk over and grab my calculator because I want to just run a practical example of the 50% discount. And if it was reduced to 25%, Mm. can you, while I do that, uh, answer the question, if I purchased a company, if I purchased a property, for God knows why you would do that. But anyway, that's another discussion. If I purchased a property inside of a company. Yeah. Okay. So, if, if I purchased a property inside a company... Um, the company tax rate is a flat 30% regardless of turnover. So, meaning that you're taxed, any gain is taxed at 30%. Now, I believe the exemptions are a little bit different in the company, but essentially a company tax rate is 30%. So, if you're a personal, uh, if it's in your personal name and you're owning $180,000 a year, uh, you're taxed at 45 cents in the dollar. So, very different to your 30% company tax rate. So, that's where people can get strategic if they're looking at uh, maybe developing something or doing a quick reno and flipping something on, knowing that they're going to hold it for less than 12 months. They may, in fact, decide, well, hang on, I'm going to get whacked 100% of this capital gain because I'm selling it in less than 12 months um, after I bought it. So, what people might do is is have it set up in uh, like a unit trust where they can distribute the the income um, from the sale of that property. Mm, mm. So again, start strong, start with a plan. Yeah. So I just want to do a, a practical example and I'll get my uh, little, uh, if I go to tax calc, There's a website that I just kind of use. It's cheap and nasty. It's yeah, called TaxTel. So, I'll just put if someone was earning $80,000 a year, they would be paying $18,000 worth of tax. So, if we go 18000 divided by 80000 equals 22%-ish or yep. 22.5. So, uh-huh. we'll go, we'll round it up to 23%, right? Yep. If this person sold a property and they had a $100,000 gain and they'd held the asset for more than 12 months and they used this discount method. Mm -hmm. We know 50% of $100,000 is $50,000. Yes. So, then if we go $50,000 times 23% is $11,500 in tax. Yeah. So, 
if you are crunching numbers mm. and sure, when you do your tax return and do the wash up, that might be slightly different. But if you're looking yeah. at just some quick bush maths, yeah. effective tax rate versus the gain, X the discount, you might be looking at around 11.5% ta- yeah. um, tax, $11,500 tax. Yeah. And and that's provided that you stay in that tax bracket. If you jump up to the next tax, then there's a different calculation. Exactly. Um, but it also doesn't take into account the fact that there's buying and selling costs, which you can usually add back against the profit. So the actual tax payable might be even less than that. That's right. So, mm. for example, uh, the stamp duty yeah. uh, on a property, you could offset against... Yeah, um, property agents' fees and yeah. things like that. And that's why it's good to have uh, personal advice to your situation because... Mm. We just kind of want to highlight these things as a broad brushstroke. Uh, but let's have a look. For example, the capital gains tax discount. If it was reduced to 25,000, uh, yep. 25%. So that would mean if there was a gain of $100,000, take away 25% discount, we'll just go down to $75,000 yep. times 23%, which is 17000 Two hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. Take so away eleven five hundred gives us. It's an extra five thousand seven hundred and fifty in tax. Yeah. So you can see why the Labor government, as part of their kind of tax reform going into last election, yeah, they said that we may have capital gains tax discount rates on the chopping block. Yeah. To take it yeah. down to twenty five percent. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, Labor didn't get in, so we're continuing at fifty. Well. <laughs> We're not a political podcast, but if no. you're looking at this issue, you might be thankful that Labor didn't get in. Correct. If yeah. you were selling a property yeah. because you've saved money. True. In yeah. tax. So, uh, I suppose generally speaking, making a profit is a good thing. Yes. Paying the tax on it and, and getting whacked a little bit of tax along the way. Look, if you had the choice of yes or no, you probably would prefer not to have to pay it but that's just the country we're living in if you don't like it go and live somewhere else but i think generally speaking i think it's reasonably fair the fact that we've made a good profit on something we're giving a bit back to the the community to hopefully make sure that we can drive and feel safe around the around the country um but the one exemption i suppose is our own home yes talk to us about that so the own home is hundred percent exempt from any tax, right, at the moment. And hopefully that never changes. So if we made the same profit of a hundred thousand dollars on our own home when we sold it, that a hundred thousand dollars profit is in our skyrocket. We don't need to pay any tax on it and we don't get taxed at all. Period. We'll finish up with the main residence and the six year rule. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about how that could practically work if you purchased a home and decided you wanted to live in London for up to six years. Yeah. So, again, without being a qualified accountant, you're allowed to nominate one property as your principal place of residence for tax purposes, right? So, we're saying we've applied this property to that and now we're moving overseas for a period of time. Are we renting it out or we're just moving out? Renting it. Renting it out, okay. So generally speaking, you've got a six-year window that you can go, leave leave the property, um, do what you want with it, and then if you move back in within that six-year period, um, you are exempt from any capital gains tax applied to that property because you've nominated that as your principal place of residence. And they give you 
up to six years if you were to move to London yep. and you had someone rent it out. Mm. They're not going to treat that as an investment property. No. When you go to sell it, if you're back living in there within six within years. Within six, yeah. Now, which I think is a really cool rule, the six-year rule. It's like yeah. one of my favorite in yeah. terms of property in CGT. Yeah, there are a little bit of a, a few gray areas around that though. Like if if there's Airbnb while you're living in it, um, if there's if the income, are we claiming the income against our dedu- deductions against our tax while we're not living in it? So you've really got to check with your accountant there. It's not just a hard and fast move out at six years, move back in, still had that income stream coming in of claim the deductions. Generally speaking, you can't, have your cake and eat it no no not at all all right guys if you want to talk if you want to talk more about cgt um talk to your accountant talk to your accountant (laughs) first or if you want a general chat throw it up in the facebook group or use the search function in the facebook group there's a bit of chatter in there thanks for listening today we'll see you soon bye special thanks to wellman finance our podcast partner Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property education and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers, whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor. This online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals.